Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 304. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful owner of the clothery. He is uh, Tom, and he is wonderful to talk to, and he was wonderful to even get to know a little bit on the personal side. Ladies and gentlemen, we always connect you with these great individuals in these classic places where you could go around Phoenix and just connect with, and this is one of them. So I encourage you guys, go check out the links in the bio that we put in with every episode. Go connect with them. I trust, trust that you are going to be in good hands when it comes to your style. Um, I just want to jump into a little bit of our connections. You can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com and uh, throughout the podcast world. If you have Spotify, if you have Apple Podcasts, we're there. Look us up. We hope that you connect and stay tuned with us. Subscribe. It helps us get out there. Um, if you want to become a super fan, there's a place for you to go do so. Patreon.com slash FindingArizonaPodcast. We make it easy, again, for you guys to sign up for these tiers. It helps support us. It helps give us some money to go out and do some interesting things. And so that just saying, help support our podcast. Let us continue forward. And I enjoy every episode that comes out. A little bit of a life update. You can hear everything that's going on with my parenting and with Britain's life and whatever we're doing here at the house in our blog. But if you want to go just get the official things of things going on with the podcast, you can go sign up for the newsletter all under the website. And if you want to go send us a line at findingarizonapodcast at gmail.com, we will set you up with a shout out. And it is part of our community corkboard, which I love doing. I have been doing this since a very almost the very beginning of the podcast. It was a uh, kind of a hit or miss in the very early stages, but again, I just really love continuing this because it helps bring light to some uh, events and other things that aren't really highlighted so much. So let's just get into it. The first thing up is today going on this weekend. And I just really want to say um, it's really fun to just kind of be able to celebrate Indigenous Heritage Month with all of you. And uh, so what's going on is the Indigenous Arts Arizona festival taking place at the Tempe Center of the Arts. It's happening all day today. Uh, I just want everyone to be alert of Tempe Center of the Arts. This will now mean that there's traffic going on in the Tempe area, so look out for that. But I hope and encourage all of you to go check out this Indigenous Heritage um, Festival. It's a lot of interesting people that are going to be there and some really cool acts and arts and just, again, go out there, open heart, open mind. I encourage you guys to have a good time. Uh, next up, uh, November Melrose Market Days that is taking place again on November 28th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. There are going to be um, two ways for you guys to enjoy the market. One is over at Thunderbird Lounge on the Melrose District and um, some uh, the next is the Short Leash Hot Dogs and those are the two main markets that you can go check out but there's another one over at Lyceum Park that's close by that you can also check out. So that being said shop, shop all day, enjoy yourselves and I will see you there too because that's probably one of the events that I'm going to be at. Last but not least, next week is the epicness that is the Arizona versus the University of Arizona uh, tailgate and football game. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of commotion going on at the, I think it's going to be at ASU. Um, it is going to be a lot of things going on. It is a holiday weekend. So again, I encourage you guys to go check it out. Have a good time, but stay safe. Always stay safe. And I will say this is the conclusion of our community corkboard. I hope that you guys enjoy your holiday weekend. I hope that you guys really, really um, 
shop local this holiday season because it does really help the community grow and stay strong. So take a look at our catalog of episodes and take your pick of someone that you really, really enjoy and it helps support them by buying from them this holiday season and tell them that we sent you. Please, please tell them that we sent you because I love hearing the stories. Jose, Jose, they, they bought something from me. It just makes my heart feel um, 10 times over. So again, hope that you enjoy this episode. We hope that you guys come back to us for our next episode and enjoy this episode. This is number 304, The Clothery. Catch you on the next one. Bye y'all. Hey guys, Jose here. Big businesses have plenty of lobbyists, but these big guys aren't the ones that need help. Small businesses like the ones we feature on our podcast do. President Joe Biden cut taxes for families and small businesses instead of putting big corporations first by passing an aggressive economic rescue plan. Learn more about how the American Rescue Plan is helping small businesses by going to realstoriesrealvoices.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I am your host, Jose. As always, we bring in special guests every week, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you Tom Simon. Tom, why don't you tell them about your business and what you're doing here today? Well, our business is um, an iconic Arizona business, been around since 1969, uh, really the first high-end men's and women's boutique in the valley in that, at that time. Um, and today I'm here to promote you know, some new ownership, some changes in the story, and also the launching of uh, our women's line, which will be in the next week or so. Awesome. Well, I will kind of ask you the question that um, I've been asking everyone and just kind of it has been the uh, default first question just because it is kind of the thing that has been uh, affecting us all. How have you been during the pandemic? And can you give us a little bit of insight on how the business um, has progressed or pivoted in that time of change? Well, obviously 2020, 2020 for clothing was not my favorite year for sure. Understandably. Um, we, we shut down for you know five weeks like everybody. So of course we had all our bouts with employees and customers and COVID and everything. Um, what I have seen come out of this on a more positive note is a lot of the clothing lines have been pretty nimble on reacting to the sort of the change of formality and the way people dress. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the brands that were maybe, you know, 30% casual and 70% and suits and clothing now have flip-flopped on that. We still sell, we're still now selling plenty of suits, but obviously yeah. sportswear and the sort of elevated casual look has has grown to, to a much bigger category i i can i can definitely um see that transition and understand where that's coming from um i would like to also now ask you the question that we used to ask everyone is can you give us a little bit of that origin story and kind of um i uh just how you started and how this kind of developed into your world as is today well, it's I've got a long history with this store. Um, I first started in 1977 uh, mm -hmm. here when it was in Scottsdale, 
Um, now, myself and my partner are the third owners. Uh, unfortunately, the first two have passed over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I started out in, actually in high school. Uh, I went over, I would go to the clothery and, and look, and I would save for months and buy a shirt. You know, it was definitely yeah. not a high school kid kind of price range. Yeah. But it definitely got me on the hook as far as like in this better fashion, this type of thing. The guy who started it, Jackson Lebert, really interesting attorney from New York, just got sick of law and huh. just decided to go in the fashion business. And now it's, you know, whatever, 52 years later, mm -hmm. still going. He was a very innovative guy. And then um, uh, Greg Eveloff, who was his, turned out to be his partner over a long haul, um, took over in, two, I think, 2000. 10 or no 2004 i want to say um and then he passed uh, six years ago uh, mm. so there's a trend i'm trying not to carry on um, i understand yeah so what, what i've had to do is just take it a little more contemporary i'd actually left here for 20 years and had my own stores called hub which was like a denim high-end denim stores i did that mm. for a long time so i'm bringing a little more of that uh, i would say dressy casual more contemporary feel to the store and, and not yeah. quite as sooty but even that's still important to us absolutely keep that foundational what you started with uh still alive um i would like to ask you this kind of question of history and you said that you were third owner did you get a chance to meet the first owner yes he actually hired me he hired me out of a record store that's um, awesome I was working in a record store. I was kind of, you know, I was sort of a hippie at the time. And, but I think he liked my customer service skills, I guess. And That's ultimately awesome. he would come in there looking for music and uh, that would be, yeah, like late seventies. So he'd come in humming a tune and I'd be able to, I knew what he was talking about. And so nice. he, I guess he liked that. So he ultimately offered me a job and that's how I got started in, in this type of business. What uh, what what record store were you at? Because I imagine you said that you were a Scottsdale um, high school guy. So I mean, yeah, imagine uh, uh, there's a record store somewhere in that area. Yeah, well, that was that was Circles Records, which was uh, pretty big here. It was at Fashion yeah. Square, and then they had one on Central. And I think that building on Central, I think it's still there. It a, oh, nice. Uh, well, that's the reason yeah. why I ask because those record players are never or the record stores were very popular and the iconic for some people in, in the area too. So I just wanted to know that history and just imagine just a young man, just like, did you know it was him, the owner of the, the, the store owner when he walked into no, the I store? Just, no, I just thought he was a fancy guy, but he was, you know, he was pretty, he was nice. He, you know, and he wasn't, he was a nice guy and not condescending sure. really, um, obviously really enjoying what he was doing. Um, so yeah, he had a, couple terms he said you know cut your hair and 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 uh, get get some decent clothes and you can come work for me so yeah and i, I imagine that <laughs> i imagine it was you know um you said the store opened in 60s and then the 70s uh -huh. you know just th those kind of things were necessary back then um but yeah it's like i i was just really wanting to understand the history is just really great and understand these little details, especially you being a record store kid and, and just kind of like slowly transitioning into this world of clothing. Um, was it, was it a natural interest to kind of get into the, the, like the, 
I guess the finite, the details of it, you know, the shirt collars, you know, measurements and things like that. Was it naturally something that you were into? Well, I was, you know, I was a, this, I told the story probably too many times, but I was a musician and that was my first career choice. And so I was real influenced by the British invasion. So I really paid attention to how all these British bands dressed and, uh, my mom was actually a very good seamstress. So there was no place to buy that kind of stuff. So probably that's how I really got interested in the details of clothing. Mm-hmm. I would thrift store shop. And if I couldn't find it, I'd have my mom, you know, my mom could make it, she'd make it perfect. So that was my inspiration was really that British, the British nice. fashion initially. Well, give me, um, so what was your first instrument? Uh, well, I, went through a bunch of, you know, the, the ones that your mom makes you take, you know, the saxophone and clarinet, but then <laughs> I ultimately wound up to be a, a lead guitar player. So I did awesome. that for a long time. I, that was I, my, I, that I was, still, I still play a little bit. Ah, good. That's my, that's my first instrument too. I chose guitar. Uh, luckily more modern parenting was like, yeah, just pick an instrument. I don't care which one, just, you know, as long as you're learning some music and we think that's important. So I chose guitar and that was something that I still get to do every so often with my son and uh, my wife is a little bit of a piano player. She enjoys it very much uh, practicing with the little Maybe band. we should start a band. Yeah, I'm into it, man. I, <laughs> you know what? It's really funny. I've um, uh, talked to a couple of friends that are like musicians and stuff like that. And we've had musicians come in. I'm just getting more and more uh, enamored with like, you know, the musician life and just kind of like, I can do the audio technical part and like uh, editing and things like that. I just, you know, now it's about sitting down and actually practicing the music and getting getting good at it. So yeah, I'd be into it. it I'd be away. totally into it. Goes it away pretty, yeah, it goes away pretty quick if you don't practice too. Exactly. Um, so again, I just really again, this is all just kind of building into, you know, why you know you do what you do and the interest where it comes from and keeping this this business alive and your love for it and your passion for it. Um, can you give me? Just kind of one thing someone might not, you know, someone on the outside looking in, um, you know, give us a, a reason why you keep doing and waking up like this and doing what you do for a living. Well, it's probably a combination of things. One is pretty much all I know at this point in life and and yeah. something that I've had, you know, a decent amount of success at. Um, mm-hmm. I've had about a dozen stores now in, in the last 30 years or so. And uh, I guess I like, I like the mechanics of it. And I actually like building and merchandising and designing stores more than anything. But then a big part of it is it keeps me going is customer interaction, people who've been shopping with me for decades. Yeah. Um, it's just something nice. I think it's good for the customer and for me when somebody comes in and I know exactly what they like and it's nothing new, but it's getting, it's not as, prevalent as it used to be is the service thing and the service is what keeps us alive and it's mm-hmm. probably what keeps me interested in the whole thing and then obviously scouting for new product the one thing this store did especially in the 80s which i can't take credit for any of it but you know people we launched lines that people never heard of hugo boss and cannoli and it, you know now are household you know words yeah. really and uh so the innovation part of it is very um, is very inspiring. My, my little saying is always instinct, not imitation. So I try to find something that's not out there and see if I can build it into something. 
I love it. I love that. I love that uh, kind of risk take that, that kind of uh, having that gut feeling and, and, and going with it, like you said. And one of the things that I, I think that is something we could take away from this conversation is just, yeah, um, trusting your, your, you know, what you've learned throughout the years and trusting yourself and trusting what you've, what you've been through. Um, I'm just kind of interested in, you know, kind of the personal things, what um, individual business owners go through on a daily basis. Can you give us a couple of routines or things that you like to keep in your life daily to kind of keep you balanced or, you know, semi-sane, as they say, like, you know, keep yourself in the mix. Um, is there anything you like to keep routine-wise in the morning or well, in the evening? Yeah, like in the mornings now, I'm the last month or so, I've been walking a couple miles and that really helps. And that, I, to me, it's kind of head clearing time. So that's, yeah, uh, that's something I've really gotten to enjoy now and just put on some music and, and just take a long, long walk around the neighborhood. And uh, mm -hmm. so that gets me started. And then probably my favorite time is just coffee, coffee with the wife in the morning, which is about a half an hour, but that's yes. kind of what starts my day and what I look forward to. That's awesome. And then I usually get in here an hour or so early, probably the most, I want to say tedious, but the most time-consuming part of this is just making sure your product's coming in, especially now that's yeah. very much affected by COVID and by the lack of uh, staff out there in the world. So I have a lot, a lot of products sitting on boats, and you know, so yeah. that's turned into a, really almost a full-time job, just making sure you have your product in the store. Yeah, that was going to be one of my next questions, kind of like some of the difficulties and challenges that you've been through through COVID. And, you know, I can I can pick at certain things like logistics and and, uh, you know, faculty, you know, the faculty to try and help ship things and things like that. Um, you know, you had to change that. And like you said, you guys made some criteria changes and some certain uh, things being changed up. What do you think? was probably a big takeaway just from the changes that you guys have done through the last year? I guess for me, and this may, this might be too much, maybe too much information, but uh, to me, it's now, if you can, is buying closer to season. You, you know, what I used to do is it's like, now I've already bought next fall. Yeah. But now I don't really count on those deliveries being on time. So sure. what I've tried to do is gather a group of enough vendors that I know if I have to chase product that these guys might have something in stock or I might be able to get something quicker. You know, used to yeah. the hard rule and, and especially in this type of store is you buy way ahead of season, you commit big dollars. Yeah. Well, the, the positive was that like certain line, like I had a huge order with a clothing line right when COVID started. Well, the first thing they did is call and say, we're going to cancel. We can't produce. Yeah. So that turned out to be a blessing because there was no business. So I wasn't yeah. sitting on a hundred thousand dollars worth of product that nobody's going to ever see. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the big, the big takeaway or the big change is just like, I, I like the word nimble. It's about being, you need to be fast to react and you need to be able yeah. to have enough connections, which luckily I've been in so long that I usually call someone and chase something down and find what I need. Sure thing. Yeah. I've just, that's really it's so interesting to kind of hear that, especially in the world of this, um, 
the clothing uh, realm and things like that. And just kind of understanding, you know, going from a long-term game to now being nimble and being that short-term game. I just really, um, kudos to you for being, you know, just this nimble, long lasting, stable store here in the, in the Valley and just, you know, kudos to you and your team. Uh, I know it's not just something that you can do by yourself. Um, I know from my own research, you'll got, you also have a e-club. Can you give us a little bit of understanding of the e-club and what you guys uh, have behind there? Well, honestly, it's, it's not super sophisticated at this point. We are actually working on changing a whole lot of things, but okay. You know, we have we have no online, <clears throat> no e-commerce right now. So we basically just do emails and promotions. Uh, our e-club, the good thing about it, if somebody signs up for it, they get a $50 discount for their first purchase. Yeah. Um, so we do that. We try to keep up with people's birthdays and send them gifts and that kind of thing. So it's pretty straightforward. We yeah. hope to be a little more, get a little more sophisticated with these things as we try to do or redo our website. And yeah. Um, the one thing about being through these ownerships and these changes of approach is that you start to get a little bit of a patchwork effect in the store and, yeah. and on the website. So I'm trying to, I'd like to just scrape it and then start clean again. And that's what over the last couple of years, I've been trying to reposition. A lot of people know the store from Phoenix Suns. You know, we mm-hmm. dressed all the Suns announcers for like 20 years. So a lot of people heard of us from that. Yeah. Um, so the old, the old image is, oh, Hey, it's a fancy suit store. Well, it's now it's quite a bit more than that. And that's yeah. the word we're trying to get out. And we're trying to do that, whether it's through emails or just uh, in the midst of right now, trying to streamline our website and just, you know, if somebody's lived in, in Phoenix for three years, they probably don't know the store. Yeah. They grew up here. They've been here a long time. Then everybody knows it. And that's what you're doing here today is just having that conversation and helping us understand that. And I, particularly someone of you know, I've been here 10 plus years. And so I do know the store and I do know a little bit of um, kind of the history, like the thing you said about um, dressing the sun's announcers and things like that. I, I did know that. Um, but the one thing that I just, again, I think the greatest thing that I can take away from what I've learned doing this is just the conversation with the owners is a big takeaway and it's, it helps um, customers understand who's there day in and day out and what they represent. And, you know, talking to you and just kind of the history that, you know, and just the, the, the backing that you've had for so many years, it's just really great that you have, um, again, through this hard time, through this difficult challenge of COVID long lasting, stable, and a foundation that we can rely on like yourself, Tom. So again, I do have a real appreciation for your business and everyone that works there. So I also like to look towards the future. Is there anything that you guys are looking again, you had mentioned you wanted to talk about your women's line. I would love to talk about that right. and what you guys um, are, are doing and what promotions are coming down the road for that. Well, we're, we're about 10 days out or so from launching it. Um, we're doing it in the present location. Mm-hmm. Um, which we were, we will be building a new store in the future, uh, and that that's at least a year away. Um, okay. So that'll be a new space, and we'll expand in all categories. Um, nice. But well, we every day, if not more than once a day, we'll have a woman come in uh, with her husband, or come in and pick up her husband's stuff, or whatever, and say, "I wish there was a store like this for me." 
Mm-hmm. There, there really isn't. There, they can piece they can piece it together for department stores and run around and try to do that. But the, yeah, much as corny as it sounds, but the one stop thing is, you know, a lot of guys, the guys that shop here, a lot of them don't go anywhere else. I mean, That's I'd be great. naive to think they don't ever, but for the most part, they're pretty loyal guys. The women want the same thing. Um, and again, we'll do a couple of more. Uh, we'll do some high-end stuff. I mean, we'll do, uh, there's a brand office um, office in general. It's really nice. And Paul, Paul Smith for women, which is a very cool line. And then we will do a denim, denim tees and casual too. So we'll build it. The first, first season could be a little clunky, but I think it's going to go well. We brought a fantastic woman over from Ralph Lauren who'd been there 12 years and she has a lot of great clients. And uh, so we're excited to have her in the last four or five months. It's, I was pretty much running it by myself for about eight months. Wow. And, um, you know, it, that's, it was too much. So what we're looking forward to is just building this women. And, and if a guy wants to come in with his wife, that's yeah. great. And, you know, couple, I, I think a couple the town of, needs it. Yeah. I love, I love it. And I think that's very, um, it's, again, you are just, again, challenging the paradigm and just really trying to introduce new life into this business and, new breath and, and, and make it long lasting. I think it's really great that you um, are doing this. And it's just, again, for myself, someone who I I consider myself a loyal person when it comes to things that I really enjoy. And the one thing in in our conversation that you keep, you know, that seems to be, that's what makes the difference is that for some reason, people keep coming back. And I think it's the little details and, what your building brings and what your services brings. Is there something comparable that you can help us understand? Cause to me, it's like um, being in a barbershop. Like for me, it's like that understanding of like that feeling when you walk into your favorite barbershop, you know, it's right. kind of like a home away from home sort of feel. Is there anything right. comparable well, that you I, I like to say, compare it to? Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys that will come here. I have several guys that will come towards the end of their day and not always to shop. They might just sit down and, you know, have a beer or a glass of wine and they just feel comfortable here. And part of the reason, something I've really been pushing ever and on anything I've had is to be friendly and nice and not be snobby. You know, I've never understood the uh, sales staff being condescending and snobby. Yeah doesn't make sense to me and a lot of people that are that come into this industry i think they, they think that's kind of the rule so i make sure that when people come in and they're greeted not that I don't, we don't we don't ever screw up but mm-hmm. for the most part we just try to always make sure people are greeted acknowledged i got a guy um yesterday he was getting married and he lost his little pocket square, right? So I, I drove it over to him, you know, and there's, and it's not that it was that big of a deal, but it was to him. Yeah, he's in the exactly. middle of this, all this planning and all these people. So the last thing he needed to do is get in his car and come all over here. So yeah. little things like that. There's a million stories like that where we've yeah, you know, saved somebody. I went to a formal event once with a guy, his clip on his back of his tie broke, and I brought him a new one and nice. put it on him in the bathroom and you know at the Phoenician. So that's <laughs> kind of stuff people remember, you know. And, and absolutely, uh, absolutely. And it's not I love that, that hard to do. It's not that hard to be better, you know, because a lot of people just don't try at all. So yeah. And I think there's something a level of like something about it where it's the 
Okay. So I'll, I'll just throw in my own kind of um, story here. So the only time I really dressed up in a, in a three piece suit was for my own wedding. And so that level of like, I didn't know how anything went on or I didn't understand, uh-huh, like, right. you know, exactly. like all this stuff. And, and so to have someone, you know, the person that was the, I went to a local tuxedo rental company and we did a podcast with them and, and it was family owned and it's been in the, in the Valley for very, uh, for 10 plus years or, and it was just one of those things that like talking to them, meeting them, and then having them come to my home. Like they came to measure me at my home and like, they knew like, that's the last thing I needed to worry about. And so it's really great to have that kind of, um, compassion, passion for the business, but just like understanding me as the person who, again, I told them, I don't know how to put any of this stuff on. So they walk yeah. me through it. And so that, that to me was really great. And I, I will always be ingrained and, and in my you, head. And you haven't forgotten it. No, so absolutely. your efforts, you know, next time somebody says, Hey, where should I go get a tux? What are you, you going to tell them to go there? Right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So that, that's part of it. It's mildly self-serving, but not really. If you, you know, if, if you go that extra mile, people remember it and it's, you know, absolutely. Right now, everybody's so short staffed and, and myself included, you know, we're closed Sunday Mondays right now just because I don't, I, and I'm not going to hire anybody. I got to hire somebody that knows yeah. what they're doing. And, um, Absolutely. So, yeah, that that's kind of stuff that stays with people. And, you know, I'm chasing the next generation of guy, you know, literally some of our people are, are dying off that have been shopping here 40 years. Yeah. And so we're chasing the guys your age, probably from 30, you know, 32 to 50 that maybe yeah. don't know the store. Um I hope you're, uh, you're, I know you're probably younger than that, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm 32. I'm 32. I really want to actually, you know, and it's really kind of funny. I work from home, even though I work from home, my wife is, um, very much, I like to call a fashionista and I always want to, you know, level up and, and be on the same level as her. So there are like, I do have button up shirts and I have, um, some other, you know, textures and wools and other things that are there in my closet. Again, I think if I come to you guys and I could understand a little bit more and ask questions and just, you know, really just be there and take it all in. I I feel like I would get it and be a little bit more understanding of the world and, and just taking it all in. And I think, again, I would love to do like a couple's date with my wife to come in and just, you know, when you guys, like the, measure both of us tour. and do 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 the whole yeah. thing. I also have a couple of friends who are from the East Coast that come and visit that they are particularly particular about their clothing. And so now that right. I have the inside man here, Tom, I would yeah. love to take a bring one. The next time they come into town, I would love to to have them come in and meet you and and do the full tour. Yeah, I'm I'm running through it. I'd be happy to do that. You know, it's interesting. A lot of guys in your age range, they just have an experience. They grow up, you know, you grew up with Abercrombie where, you know, basically somebody stands there and stares at you, you know. So that was a really almost a self-serve vibe, I would say, all through the 80s, really, a lot of it. And especially, you know, all the all the. I hate to mention national brands, but you know, any, any of the stores, usually the service wasn't a big thing there. You, you yeah. went in and you try to find what you want. If you found, it, you grab somebody and you paid them. 
So exactly. it's just a matter of a lot of guys that are, are your age just have never experienced like really getting the treatment, the full treatment and having an amazing tailor come down and know exactly yeah. what to do and or have somebody like you walk in and I know exactly what your size is, like your 15 and a half shirt. I can tell looking at you. In, on the He's monitor. a, oh, you're, you're, you are a magician and a, and a circus. <laughs> you could be at the circus. I, I really do. I love when things like this happen because again, when the mass, like I love mastery of things. My passion comes from, gotcha. again, doing the conversation with a master of what they love and what they're passionate about, because things like this come out, things like, I just know, I just, and it's like that impresses yeah, I, me. You know, it's, it's a bit of a parlor trick, but I mean, it's, it's, it's good because if you do it and, and you know, right off the bat, it kind of earns a little trust for people like, okay, this exactly. guy gets it. This guy so. gets it. Yeah. And I, again, I'm, you know, I have these friends and I just really, again, want to build a community of like-minded individuals who want to help support local community things like this and local businesses. So again, all of this conversation that we're having is really just to kind of really help people understand you and understand uh, the store. And so again, I, I love having these conversations. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. We're reaching the end here. I'm um, usually, I kick yeah, it no. off. I usually kick it off to you and the end to let us know um, anything that event wise, uh, where we can find you website, uh, promotional bits. This is again, your chance to just tell everyone all the promotional bits for your business. Go right ahead, Tom. Well, as of right now, like I said, the women should launch next week. I'm hoping to have it by the following next weekend. So we are not going to do an initial launch for that, but we will be announcing that. Our mm -hmm. website is just um, theclothery.com. Mm -hmm. And like I said, right now, no e-commerce there, but a little history of the store on there. Um, so all that's pretty simple. Um, but what I really like is people who have never been in, who are maybe have an old idea what they think the store is, nothing else, come in and walk through it and yeah. see what we do. Um, it's a pretty cool environment. And I think people will be surprised that, it's more accessible than a lot of people think. Let's put it that yeah. way. Absolutely. Before we go, Tom, I want to ask you one thing. Um, your particular style, like, are you a three-piece suit kind of like a suit and tie all the time? Or are you, do you have like anything that you like to keep in your wardrobe that is your like particular fave texture wise or anything well, like that? I'm a little of each, like I'll probably two days a week. I'm suit and tie. Okay. Um, but I like a lot of the softer sport coats that are coming out, you know, that are just it. That's probably the suit or the sport coat of the future. It's, you know, almost sweater like unconstructed with a great tee and nice. even a pair of jeans. That That's my really my go to. But I do like. Really getting, you know, I, I love a double breasted suit, which is uh, still. Uh, out there in the horizon but i don't think there's much that looks sharper than that i mean and you feel it when you have it on you know oh, you yeah. probably know from your your wedding no, yeah it's a powering feeling yeah definitely i um i cannot wait till i have my own like pair of uh individual cufflinks like that's going to be the thing that yeah, there you go. it's like that'll be yeah i, I have other oh, things that, yeah. i have a bolo tie that's that's the one like out of the box way fashion forward some sort of like that's the only thing i have that's like way out of the, the uh, my style range is well the that's a good arizona a good nod to your arizona deal 
Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again, Tom. Uh, before we go, yeah. I have to do my last bit. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So all of our social media is Finding Arizona Podcast. And then last but not least, if you want to become a super fan, Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. There is uh, some bonus content available for you over there. With that, we say goodbye to everyone listening. Goodbye to Tom and the Clothier and kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye, y'all. Thank you.